a quick medical minute about uh, PEs in pregnancy. Um, bottom line is it's probably overworked up a little bit. We, um, we, we, we care about life-threatening diseases, and I'm going to come in and say, no, we don't care about it. So, no. But bottom line is we probably pay maybe a little bit too much attention to it. Um, I was listening to this article, you know, or um, it was actually a podcast, but it's by this guy, um, you know, Dr. Klein. Um, he's kind of the big guru, especially with emergency medicine and blood, you know, PEs and CT studies and all this stuff. For years, he's kind of been the you know, advocate for kind of pushing for the appropriate workup and everything else. And, uh, you know, he was kind of saying, you know, I think this has kind of gotten out of hand, especially when we look at pregnant patients. Part of that is, you know, with pregnancy, I think it's drilled into everybody's head. We see somebody who's pregnant, they're in a hypercoagulable state. They come in with any kind of anything remotely in the chest or a heart rate of 101, and it, it's blood clot. That, that's all it can be, and everybody just kind of goes down that pathway empirically. Um, I think, you know, here we do a pretty good job. Um, it's not like we're ordering tons of studies on these patients, but at the same time, I think it's good to kind of refresh ourselves to where we are and, and look for ways that we can improve and, you know, making sure that we're doing the right thing for the patient, de- developing fetus, and healthcare expenditure, which is probably last on the list and, and with that whole thing. Um, as, as a you know, quick reference, I got some numbers for you guys. So, um, you know, risk of DVT NP does go up in pregnancy, but it goes up with each trimester. So if somebody comes in six weeks pregnant, probably, you know, the risk of blood clot is not, you know, all that you know, much different than an average person, but somebody's in their third trimester pregnancy, um, history of blood clots, obviously that's going to be a different scenario where they're on much higher risk than the other person. Um, as a reference rate, risk of PE in most pregnancies, three in 10,000. So not all that, you know, huge of a number. As a reference, preeclampsia, which is also something that we should care about with our pregnant patient, 3.4%. So 100 times more likely to have preeclampsia than a PE. And, uh, you know, I don't know that we need to chase down every blood pressure that's slightly elevated or, you know, liver enzymes that are slightly elevated. Or any, I mean, just anything else. You know, we, we, I don't know if we give it the same attention, uh, but maybe we should. Um, as far as other things, you know, risk of, in the first trimester, it's maybe 1 in 50,000. Up in the third trimester, it's 1 in 10,000. Two-thirds of uh, any kind of clots or abnormal clotting in pregnancy are actual lower extremity DVTs. So um, that's a huge part of the workup. doesn't give any radiation to the kid. Um, and, you know, you may be able to stop at that point. If you decide you need to go on with that, there's the D-dimer. Normal pregnancy does increase um, your D-dimer. So it's, it's an inflammatory state. Fibrinogen levels, everything else does go up in pregnancy. Um, the same Dr. Klein I mentioned before has proposed some um, pregnancy-adjusted cutoff values that he has some references for, but it's not really validated. So how people interpret that, they're starting to use those numbers and probably have just more of an open discussion with patients saying, hey, here's what we know. It's not this you know, great validated system, but you have negative ultrasound on you know, lower legs. Your D-dimer is within this acceptable range for your pregnancy. I think we could probably be done and just have you follow up as long as there's no significant abnormality vital signs. You know, if, they, if you checked a troponin is negative troponin, no heart strain on their EKG. All those things you can probably be done uh, and not continue on with that as long as you have a good discussion and close follow-up with the patient. If you guys were curious, those cutoff values go 0.75 in pregnancy. So 0.5 is the normal cutoff we use. We do have some age-adjusted values, but then also in pregnancy, there's these trimester ones. So 0.75 in the first trimester, 1 in the second trimester, and 1.25 in the third trimester. So it really does give you some leeway if you're going to kind of uh, decide to use that system. Um, and then the last thing is if you do need to go down the pathway of imaging these patients, VQ versus CT scan. Do you guys know what we do typically here? You know, usually a VQ, but it's you know usually this uh, you know perfusion only, so it's not even the full VQ scan. Um, and there's some you know data behind that. It is less radiation. It's probably the lowest radiation of all the studies. Um, CT scan is something that you still can do in pregnancy, 
Um, especially if they have an abnormal extra, your chance of a good VQ scan or a determinant VQ scan are less likely. So if you do a CT scan, just know that that contrast does go, it does cross the placenta. It'll hang out in the amniotic fluid for weeks. And I think most moms would probably not appreciate the thought of little uh, iodine bath for their baby for you know, several weeks at a time. So something that yeah, if you have to do, you can, but it's something that we'd probably try to avoid. When we do the VQ scan, there's that radionucleotide. It concentrates in the bladder, which is also sitting right next to there. So either having the mom urinate very, very frequently, especially right afterwards, or you know, a lot of people recommend just putting a Foley catheter in for a few hours to really just make sure that um, all that uh, nucleated uh, contrast is just getting flushed out and not just sticking around right next to the, uh, the baby there. So. I think that's it.